Hey everyone, welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Matan Mishan, the co-founder of LiveCycle. How are you doing, Matan? How are you, Ben? I am great. Really excited to learn about what you're building. Um, so could you give us a brief introduction to what is LiveCycle and how does it help developers build great applications? For sure. Our main mission is actually to make developers happier and just, you know, eliminate a lot of the friction and the feedback loop they have with other stakeholders in the organization. So Lifecycle is a real-time collaboration platform between coders and other stakeholders. Got it. So real-time collaboration, coders, other stakeholders. What what kind of other stakeholders, like product manager, designers, awesome. folks like That's that? So what we do is we actually, we automatically build and share an ephemeral environment per commit, and we add on top of it a uh, no-code annotation layer. So utilizing our no-code annotation layer on top of these environments, it's relevant for a use case of a product review by a product manager or a design review by a designer or a QA person. Also, we are having customers that are using it for, you know, copy editing and stuff like that. Okay, that makes sense. So basically, I make a change to my site, let's say, push that commit, you you integrate with GitHub and, and then grab that commit, build it, host a preview, and then allow other people on the team to, to write notes on, on it? Or is it, can, can you take like visual notes like on the, on the screen when you're looking at this new build of yeah, the application? Can, can I like circle things and stuff like that? You can circle things. You can also take a video capture. We're also recording the, the session behind the curtains. There's a tool like called VlogRocket that are doing it uh, the same way. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm going to add on top of it that we're adding a more uh, invasive ability that is actually allowing you to change the copy inline or to change some asset structure inline. So instead of me, let's say you're a developer and I'm a designer, instead of me telling you, hey, can you shift this right? Can you shift this left? Or can we change this copy? I'm doing it on my own, and then I can create a discussion inside Lifecycle with other peers. Hey, what do you think about this new copy? Is it good? Is it bad? And all of this is happening without developers involved. So we're not interfering with them. No context switches, no meetings and stuff like that. And we, we all know engineers love to be working on stuff and building and not interference. So if I go in and I change the copy, let's say, can I then make a commit with that change and propose the change? Or does it have to, it's more like a suggestion that an engineer would take and make the actual code change and push a new build? That's a good one because our users, we were, we were you know, we're early stage. So we were speaking with our users, what do you prefer? And they said that if you, we would create a commit on our behalf and actually push it to production, it's going to be too intrusive for them. So what we're doing is actually we're mimicking a comment mechanism or a code suggestion mechanism on GitHub or GitLab. And the coder is just, he's able or she is able to make sure that he has all the contacts and make amends with the change. How about for like a design change where, you know, it's, it's one thing to maybe change the text in an H1. It's another thing to say, let's move this box or switch the, the order of your elements on the page. It's a lot harder to know like what code would need to be changed there. So how do you figure out how to go from like a, a suggested change to the actual suggestions in the code comments? That, that, that's, a, that's a good point. We're not covering all of the use cases and all of the edge cases. We're starting from, you know, similar common use cases. And as we go and as we grow, we're going to do some more deeper integrations in, in, in this sense. 
Uh, there are some cases where, you know, all you need is a developer or as an engineer just to understand the context. So we're giving them the full context and they're able to do this change easily. And is there any element here of like gathering feedback from users? Like if you have, you know, beta testers or folks using your products, do you see your, do you see your users using lifecycle to, to show them previews and have them provide feedback? So one of the best things that I see, and I'm biased for sure on lifecycle is that we're not, we're not enforcing the structure, right? We're, we're actually allowing you this ability to have this time travel machine of all of these uh, versions. You can share them. You can share them as a salesperson to do a pitch, as a demo, and you can use it on a, you know, a specific group of beta users for them to share their feedback on top of it and think back their feedback. That's up to you as a user. I'm curious to learn more about, you mentioned the session capture, obviously. Session okay. capture, very near and dear to my heart uh, here at LogRocket. Um, so curious to learn a bit more about um, you know, what, what you do there. Um, so we try to be novel, um, but also we're not tackling the same problem as a log rocket because our, you know, yeah. our, 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 you know, the amount of users that are live on the same environment are, you know, several or, you know, tens of people tops. So what we do is we use some techniques that we've developed internally. Um, and also we're considering to use several, uh, open source, uh, repos. Um, whatever gets us to the best user engagement and the best user metrics, that's the most important part. The reason we're doing it is that sometimes you can't deduce what happened wrong or what went wrong, you know, and you have to see the session. And with this session, we're going to add the context of, you know, the logs and the network calls and stuff like that. Yep. No, that, that makes complete sense. So basically, you know, you send out your app for your teammates to, to, to try to provide feedback. And if they run into a problem, then you have the session replay the capture to capture exactly. and see exactly what went wrong exactly. and know how to reproduce, you know, yeah. certainly a, a use case that, um, we hear here, here at LogRocket as well. Yeah. I'm sure I'm busted. I'm curious, this is maybe really getting into the weeds, but like when you, when you, let's say I send out a, a preview of my application and a couple of my teammates leave a bunch of feedback on the, on the visual of that. Is there a way to preserve that feedback if I then push a new version of my application with some minor changes or is the feedback tied to a specific commit of my application? So the way we see it currently is that the version itself is decoupled from the feedback mechanism. So whenever you do a new commit, in the same PR, even in the context of a PR, you do a new commit, the version will be updated. And also you'll be able to see the state of this feedback item. Like let's say this feedback item is stay, stale or it's resolved. You'll be able to understand the context because you don't want to give the same feedback over and over again. So we preserve the state of the feedback items until, for example, the PR is closed and merged. And then you can, you know, we have other environments that you can hop into. Do you know that, the state of, like, do you have a way of knowing if someone pushes a change that fixes a piece of feedback? Like, can you tie the feedback to a part of the, the UI or like a, a DOM element or React component or something like that and know automatically or it's up to the developer to mark what currently, is fixed? Currently it's up to, it's manual by developer, but we're, we're thinking of novel ideas of to make it more and more automatically. And I guess in a similar question, like, 
do you, let's say people leave feedback at certain visual parts of the page and then a, a commit, you know, adds some new element that pushes the content down on the page. Do you tie pieces of feedback to DOM elements or is it like just an offset from the top of the page? Like how does that coupling work? So it, it, it's, there are different types of feedback items. Some of them are not related to an element. So there is no sense in terms of, you know, tagging them or pointing them as, you know, something out there. And for sure, the app is going to be different uh, as we go. Um, but for the very specific elements, let's say copy or, uh, you know, uh, margins on elements or uh, selectors and stuff like that. So, you know, you can uh, hook them inside this element and map out this change. Hope it makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. Um, I'm curious, I know a lot of tools out there like Netlify or Versal do have the functionality of when you push a commit, they build and host a, that version at a, at a specific URL. Is there a way to use Lifecycle in the case where you already have workflows built out around those tools? That's actually something we're, we're going to tackle really soon. We see ourselves as something that in cases that you don't have any solution internally in your team, we're buying the whole pain point from you as a team. Um, but in case that you have something which, you know, it creates for your familiar environment for your stack, then for sure we, we can be on top of it as a solution that adds the feedback mechanism. In that case, would you would you have like a JavaScript library of Lifecycle that you add to the development build of your site or something that's like one, that? That's one of the alternatives we're currently considering. But I, I do want to emphasize that we're building a more complicated uh, tax tax than, you know, in the case of Jamstack. So that's where we shine. And when we want to bring value to developers, when you have a really a containerized app or a multi-containerized app, then you want to bring everything and spin up this environment. And this is what we support is, uh, you know, the most common use case of a firmware environment for a more heavy uh, stack. So tell me a bit about your progress. I, I believe you're in beta now. Um, you know, what do you have users? What, how are you acquiring users? Curious a bit more kind of on, on the growth and the business side and, and where, where you are there. Sure, sure. So we're currently in beta and I'm pretty excited because we're going to be offering our solution as a self-serve solution really soon. It means that, you know, anyone can just jump on board and try it out. And what we do currently is we really appreciate, you know, working closely with uh, uh, beta customers for them to share their feedback and the use cases and learn from them. And I'm sure you're familiar with, familiar with the process. And from, you know, from the moment we're going to be on a self-serve solution, it will open us to friction with the market. So in terms of go-to-market, we're going to do a bunch of exciting stuff. Um, we're also big believers of community and blogs and content generation and the open source community to contribute over there. So we're planning a lot of uh, really interesting stuff here. Uh, I believe you recently raised some money. Is that uh, anything to share there? Is it still kind of uh, the exact details around the wraps? Um, we just we did a seed round at uh, somewhere in April with VCs from uh, both the Valley and Israel and some, uh, you know, uh, angels or private investors that we're super humbled to have on board. They're constantly helping us out. So we're feeling like uh, we're back to, uh, as we should. And I got a question uh, today that um, from an interview I got like, um, so are you going for the round A? So we're currently 
heads down on the product. We're heads down on moving forward with the value the generation. And that's the main premise we want to achieve. That makes sense. It's always, everyone's raising tons of rounds nowadays, yeah. but always focusing on building a great product is always, always a good strategy. So I agree. <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, who do you see as competition here? Like, because uh, I think I have seen some other tools that are kind of in the general space of marking up a website or a preview. And as I mentioned before, like I know Netlify or Vercel do some of the building specific previews of commits. Um, but then I'm curious, like there's collaboration tools like the, you know, GitHub issues or Jira, like are all of those kind of competition or who else is competition, who might be competition long-term? So the way we see the landscape is that actually what we're doing, um, we have this DevOps and infra side, right, of ephemeral environments, and we also have this uh, you know, collaboration aspect. So we're seeing where there are up-and-coming new startups in the ecosystem doing one of the, or, or the other, but not both of them combined. And the reason it's a differentiation for us is that we really believe in working closely with a workflow that really generates value for both ends. Because if I'm only creating you an ephemeral environment as a service, with no collaboration aspect, then you you have to use another solution or another tool just to collaborate. And on the other way, if you're just doing collaboration on a live product, it's agnostic to code changes and versioning and stuff like that. So it has limited value to the developers. Um, so we're starting from the PR workflow, which is you know super trivial to start from because you're ready for a review, you're getting the review from a code review, from designer, from a PM, and then everything works together and generates, you know, a higher velocity for everything. What are you most excited about on your roadmap in the next year? If so, you can share. I, the, yeah. the, for sure, I'd love to share it. That's, a, that's one of the best questions. <laughs> um, so firstly, okay, we're, we're going to support more the complicated stacks, like, you know, Kubernetes and multi-repo and stuff like that. But one of the things we're cooking and we're really excited about and we hope to make a good solution for it is actually supporting native apps, mobile native apps as well, because we're seeing a lot of friction over there. And, you know, the release cycle for mobile is totally different than when you do web that you can just release whenever you want on a single second. Uh, over there, you have other barriers. So the friction between teams delivering mobile solutions uh, is cr pretty high. Um, it has some, you know, technology issues and we need to tackle it and become very novel uh, because you want to imitate and allow the product for people or the designers to actually get the notion of what's the experience going to be when it's shipped. And the emulator no nowadays, it's not that good to allow you this experience. So what does your team look like today? So currently we're a team of eight, mostly founding engineers, uh, product marketing manager, and a head of design. Um, and we're targeting to be 10 by end of year. And are you fully remote or mostly, I think you mentioned Israel and um, some in the US or where, where is the team located? So currently the team resides in Israel, but we are actively recruiting globally. So we have no barriers in this front. Um, we are flexible in terms of we don't love to come with, you know, everybody works remotely or everybody has to come to the office. We are, you know, we're creating a product that we're dogfooding ourselves to collaborate better remotely. So uh, it's trivial for us to just dogfood lifecycle and use it for our day-to-day uh, -day, uh, development. So you can, some of the people are coming two days a week, some three days a week, and, you know, it's super flexible.
and it correct me if I'm wrong, but Lifecycle is not open source today, right? It's not open source today. We're gonna um, start some efforts in terms of you know, firstly, it's gonna be for free for any public repo, um, and the other part is gonna be us contributing uh, our own tools and the mechanisms because we see some of the novel stuff that we're doing internally that we can ex- you know expose them and let other people use them for for free. Have you considered open sourcing the, the majority of Lifecycle and doing kind of like a, you know, an open core model where you have like the core open source and then maybe some monetized add-ons? Or do you feel like it makes sense to stay, cl- keep the majority closed source with some open source kind of add-ons or tools along well, the side? I, I can disclose it's a, it's a dilemma, right? Because once you go open core, uh, it's harder to go back because, you know, you, you have to monetize it and you also have to push the community. Um, we do have some uh, ideas of how can we share and contribute to the world in terms of, you know, specific repositories or specific projects that we're using internally. So actually by uh, opening it to the world and the community, they can contribute more and more stuff. So our solution will be even better, better for our users and customers. For example, I can share that our collaboration tools, um, it's like plugins, right, on top of the live environment. So, you know, we're playing with the idea of opening it like a platform for other people to just share something very specific to their use case. So maybe something very relevant to React or very something relevant to Svelte or even doing it with feature flags integration. So why, why, why to, you know, just get it as feedback that like, let's allow the world to use us as an open platform on that front and adding the tools that they think that could cater their needs. I'm actually curious on the subject of React or other frameworks. Is is there is there anything on your roadmap or anything you could potentially do in the future if you cater specifically to folks building in React, let's say, or v- modern kind of component based frameworks? Like, is there more you can do for folks who use those frameworks? And if you try to blanket support any web web app, there. There is, and for sure we can, you know, as, as you focus on something, you can create uh, some great uh, solutions to it. I can share that one of the things that we're thinking of is actually not a code framework, but let's say storybook or chromatic. Um, so for sure, it could be helpful to integrate with this. It's like, you know, you have the design system integrated with the live environment. So that's for sure something that we're considering to do because it could be very compelling for both developers and designers. You can see like an overlay of the changes and you will, you know, you can be able to deduce you have an issue here, but then you can go and select something from the library and and so on and so on. And would that let you also, if I publish a change to my design system, I can then solicit feedback on, in the same visual way on the changes to any of my components, basically in Storybook? Yeah, that, that's the way to go, uh, but we're not there yet, right? It's like something that we're currently playing with and uh, trying to validate, uh, you know, the importance, the need in the market. And what do your hiring plans look like? And if, if folks who listening to this are interested in what you're working on, um, are you hiring? What, uh, what kind of roles? So we're currently actively uh, looking for a dev role. Um, to help us out with all these efforts that I was speaking of before, you know, the community management and the content creation and to be the quarterback of the team because each and every one of us is creating content. That's like one of our uh, culture pillars. Um, So we want someone to, you know, raise the bar and help us doing it better. 
and also to be the advocate and to constantly help the community and share their, and get their feedback with us. An another position, another position we're currently um, looking for is a founding engineer. Uh, we're a big believers on you know people that are excited about the zero to one phase and they they are empowered by ownership. So for sure, that's something that we're actively looking for. I'm curious when you mentioned that everyone writing content is a pillar. Uh, what kind of content? Like, how do you think about that content strategy? So. Actually, we have like a term that we're trying to coin and we're building uh, on top of it some other flavors of, uh, you know, um, content pieces. But also we're constantly going to tech talks and conferences um, just to share our enthusiasm about technology in front end or in back end or in Kubernetes and DevOps and stuff like that. Um, and that's exciting because the canvas here to create content is huge because you can actually target a lot of communities and resonate with them. Um, you, we, you know, we can, we can speak about, um, Hasurai, GraphQL, and we can speak of, you know, Kubernetes and Dino and stuff like that. Um, but it's limitless. And this is why we are, we think it's like empowering the employees because each one of our team members, they can speak of what excites him or her and not like, you know, you have a limited niche of things that you want to speak of, or you are allowed to speak of. Matan, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been awesome to learn about Lifecycle. For anyone out there who wants to check it out, just Lifecycle, like L-I-V-E-C-Y-C-L-E, lifecycle.io. Um, so definitely go check it out. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. Find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at Log Rocket.